deep within the labyrinth of Enuriot, facing against the aspect known as the Bog Rot. The party managed to secure a small win, vanquishing it entirely from one of these chambers, it seeming to retreat, but taking with it a great sacrifice of both Lerotz and Kelnies, who were caught up in the wave of its exit. The group now has a moment, this small, now lightless shard sitting idly at your feet as you are met with an uncanny silence. It happened. I saw it happen. You saw what happen? The roads and Kelnies. It was shown to me by the Herald. And I hope that it would not happen. Wait. You... You you knew that Lerotz and Kelnies would die. Is that what you're telling me, Efron? That you knew that at some point in this journey we would lose both of them, and you didn't think it was important to tell us, much less them. I did not know what to say. I saw a great many things. I have written down my visions, and it was not... I did not see it as it happened here. It was not clear. It was not apparent to me at the time, but as I saw it happening, I knew what the vision meant, and I knew that it had come true. I am sorry, I should have said something. Is there a table or anything nearby? You're still by the pedestal. Rolandir, next to this pedestal, harder than he expects, just slams his fist into the pedestal's stone side, which draws a little blood from his knuckles on the inside and draws a little grimace from him. I know it is difficult, for sure, more than I can comprehend or understand what these visions were that you were shown, and I, I, I cannot blame you for that, for this. They made their choices. We all do. We all did. But I do hope if there's anything else that you were shown that you feel could be important to anything else pertaining to us or our journey here, I hope you would share. We are friends. Closer than that. I dare say we're closer to family than anything else that we have left. I cannot say if there is anything else that I have seen. Uh, let me show you. And Efron reaches into his pack, and he pulls out a little packet of papers. And on each one is written a different story, but the stories all seem arbitrary. They contain characters that nobody has ever heard of. Descriptions of strange things that are abstractions of reality. And Efron goes through... And he finds one of these stories, and he says, Here, this was the vision. It tells the story of a man and a woman. And, well, at the end, they both die. At the time, I did not know what it meant, but as I saw Lerotz and Kelnies being taken, I knew that they were the man and the woman. And I knew that they would not make it out alive. I am sorry. You are free to look through the other visions, but... I am afraid that the meaning becomes more and more obscure. Perhaps one needs a certain level of 
insanity to understand what they truly mean, which I do not possess thanks to the efforts of Vale. And Rolandir, who had kind of reached out to take that one story that Efron had mentioned of these two people, glances through it, reading, searching for something, but ultimately just hands it back and says, you're right, you're right. You know, he said something years ago that despite everything he did in his service as the great kin general, he said he'd like nothing more than to die behind his countertop at his inn. All the battles, all the men he's led, he traded all in just to live that life and settle down. But who knows, perhaps he was the one having a bit of insanity at that point. Regardless, we are still in this cavern, and we need to get out. We can warn him and Kelneas later, but we need to move on. Um, Val has been standing completely still, eyes completely glazed over, listening to all of this, and he sort of looks up and blinks and just tears streak down his face, and he says, Have we no agency, Zen? Are we puppets still? This was fated for them, then what is fated for us? Why bother with any of this if we cannot choose for ourselves? What's the alternative? (laughs) There is none if we do not have agency. At this point, I think it's a matter of what you choose to believe, what you can live best with. I certainly don't know the answer. Nor do I, but I choose to believe that we do have agency. We make our own choices. Leroth and Kelnius did not die simply because it was written on some piece of paper. They know the risks associated with our mission, and they accepted them. They were willing to lay down their lives in the hopes of succeeding so that the world we live in would not be scourged by Air, a powerful being who holds a grudge against his brother. I believe the point is so that Even if we ourselves do not survive, others will, and they will have a chance at a better life. A life free of this conspiracy. Perhaps a life where human and kin can be at peace. A life where I can simply be a merchant. I do not know why things are the way that they are, but I believe that what we are doing is right, and that we are fighting for a better future. And I too am willing to sacrifice everything, to ensure the well-being of all who reside on Egadon, be they human, kin, or not even of this world. Come, we must continue. After having punched this pillar and kind of still being on the ground, Rolandia reaches down and grabs the shard that had dropped down after Efron let go of it and stands up, and he takes a cursory glance at it. Is it just a piece of metal as the shards of Imen had once been. It's a piece of crystal. Like anything that we've seen or could imagine being there or is it somehow unnatural? No, it looks pretty similar actually to what's embedded in the top of Val's staff. At least in makeup. It's a little smaller. But you feel, as you do touch it, a pull. Towards? The end of the chamber. An additional hallway. Interesting. So feeling this crystal, examining it Rolander glances over at Val and kind of points with the crystal towards the tip of Val's staff. Here, I think you probably best hang on to this. You could probably even tell us what it is. But 
I will say this. Whatever it is, it wants us to go over there. And he points towards the end of the hall. That will take the crystal from Rolandir. Rolandir no longer has this feeling, but Val now does. Okay. Can I cast Identify on it? So you take a minute to touch it, feel it, and you know that it wasn't created through a spell. It doesn't seem to have any properties that would make it useful, but there is a tether between it and something else. You can feel that this is only a tiny portion of a much larger hole. Do we want to walk down this hallway, or are we intent to leave? Well, I don't think any of us can yet say with any surety that is the heart that we were looking for. But since there's no pressing threat, I say we might as well take the time. Val will nod and just sort of wordlessly walk towards that hallway. Rolandir follows Val. As everyone goes along with Val, you trek on for some time, uneventfully. The only thing Val notices is that this pull gets stronger the further you go, and finally you reach something truly breathtaking. You come to a room that is impossible in its construction. It is a thousand feet in diameter across. It's multiple thousands of feet in diameter across, and even higher than that, extending into endless darkness. And strung down from this darkness are enormous arteries flowing into what is quite unmistakably a heart, which just barely touches the bottom of this chamber. You stand on the precipice of a large staircase that then goes down tier by tier, filling in the circumference of the room until there's just a tiny grate. And by tiny, I mean in relation to the room, so it's like 100 feet across. A grate at the bottom where this heart is suspended. It is mottled and gray and green and orange, slightly transparent in its enormous ventricles and sacs. These strands of tissue that hold it aloft connect to the walls and up into the darkness, and these tube-like veins that are easily like five feet in diameter flow in and out of it, and you see it ever so slightly pump over and over and over again. I'm gonna say that Mick continues down the staircase towards the... How far away is this hundred-foot block? Lengthwise, a thousand feet. Oh, no kidding. Okay, cool. (laughs) We got a bit of a walk. Yeah. Basically, it's a giant sewer coliseum-esque room. Regardless, Mick goes down the stairs and starts to continue towards the heart in the block. Are there any objects in this room that resemble the crystal at all, or like what I would identify as it being a smaller part of a larger hole? You don't see anything right off the bat, but it's definitely pulling you to the heart. Okay. I'll follow Mick. Yeah, Rolander just kind of mindlessly follows, and as the group is going down, he asks Ephron, (laughs) I really can't believe it. Do you think we're still in the mountains somewhere? That this thing literally has ingrained itself throughout the whole rocky face. It is possible that we have gone to some other plane, but it is also quite possible that this thing has been embedded here for so long that it made this mountain its permanent residence. I think without a doubt we have now found the heart. Hopefully we have the means with which to kill it. And still, with his sword drawn, Rolandir continues to walk towards it. 
How far do we get? Uh, is there anything? Is this uneventful or? You walk the, you know, three football fields that it takes to get to the bottom of these stairs. As we're going, though, I turn my head to Val and I say, Val, it seems that this shard is pulling us towards the heart. My suggestion would be that once we get to the heart, maybe we can use it as a weapon to stab it. Eventually put an end to Bogrod. I think you're probably right. I, I'm hoping, sort of, that um, the shard will tell me what it wants to do. In response to Val's comment, Rolandir says, and failing that, we still have those that we're lugging around. And he nods to the bombs that Mick and Efron are carrying. I believe these will be quite effective in taking down this heart. As our guide back at the beginning of the labyrinth told us, these contain pure fire, which we have seen to be quite effective against the bug rot. As you near the bottom, you notice that sloshing just below the grate is this bog rot substance of blood and waste and decaying bits of who knows what. But it is not viscous, it is fluid. And if anyone chances to look back up the way you came, you actually see ringing around this entire chamber. There are dozens of exits, archways of which you can go through, like the one that you entered through. And there are also these walls of liquid bog rot that are just sloshing about, barely contained at some invisible threshold. Does the shard give me any inkling of stabbing desire? It, it just wants to be with the heart. All right. This is where we quick save and we do we do one time stabbing and one time blowing it up. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm scared right now. Are we are we climbed up this or can we climb up this? I'm assuming be- the heart was low enough to the ground that we could like touch it. Yeah, you could you could like reach out on one step and put your hand on it. Oh. I don't know if you'd want to because it looks gross, but oh, we that's the <laughs> only reason why it looks gross. <laughs> As you gather around it, coming to a stop, near the bottom steps, but not down because the heart is hanging there, you can actually see inside its chambers briefly, as with each beat, each pulse, there's small light that goes up inside of it, and you see a form of some sort of humanoid within the heart splayed open, connected to the walls and the valves with more of these veins and tendrils. Val, is the shard, I'm assuming, still pulling towards the heart? It is, yeah. Let me see it. Um, Val kind of like sh- shies back away from handing it to Brynir very strangely, and he says, why? You are godborn. I don't know what will happen if anybody were to touch it, but it is my duty to protect the godborn. So if anything were to happen, I would be ashamed of myself. All, all right. Val extends his hand and offers Brynir the shard, and he says, If you can, um, do it quickly. I was in line for suffering such as this, and I would very much like to end as quickly as possible. That I can do. And Brynir grabs the shard and stabs it into the center of it. As you break its fleshy exterior with the shard, deep red blood spills out over your hand, and then the shard is sucked within the chamber, and the wound instantly heals over itself. 
the shadow of the shard floats through the inside, lit up a little more with each beat, going further and further toward the figure until it connects with said figure, and the figure starts to writhe and twist until it breaks these bands and tendrils that are connecting it to the heart, sometimes even breaking the surface of the heart, which lets out another gush of blood that is quickly sealed. And then the figure floats downward to the edge and places one of its hands against this membrane that is separating it from you, and you hear a voice echo throughout the chamber. He says, I, I have waited so long for my mind to be rejoined with my body. You are not supposed to be here. My friend, I believe that none of us are supposed to be here, yourself included. suffering for the crimes I have committed. Damned by Ayueti. And have you not suffered long enough? What is long enough when time is little and more than what you perceive it to be? I am not a being of time anymore. Kind of ignoring this being inside the heart, Rolandier walks over to Mick and just puts his hand on the bomb, kind of pushing it down, like suggesting to lower it and drop it. I think we should probably leave these here. I don't imagine we'll need to be carrying them out. The figure follows you, just floating inside this fluid within the heart, pushed back a little with each beat, but still hugging against the membrane, padding along as you walk toward Mick. And it says, You will not be the first. And if you continue as you are, you will not be the last. Well, then I figure it still holds true what I said. We will not need to be carrying those out of here. What exactly do you do with this? And he kind of points beneath him and around him. This filth, this fluid. I assume it is your doing that it's flooding these halls. I keep it at bay. I keep it restrained. I am its jailer, as it is mine. Hmm. And so, hypothetically, were you to disappear, go away, be extinguished, as it were, this substance would still be here and have free reign through these halls. True, but it would not be able to reproduce as it does now. It is made here. And it floats a little inward and just gestures to these ventricles uh, within the heart that it resides. So you are saying then, without you, eventually the rotting mass would die. It would run its course, 
and be gone from this world. Eventually. Would you like to be released? What I want is of little consequence. I do not want for anything any longer. Then, it also sounds as if you have no great desire to stay in there. So why don't you help us out by telling us how we can release you from this prison? Your devices would be effective, but only from the inside. This shallow, this heart protects me. You cannot pierce it long enough to enter, just as I cannot damage it long enough to escape. As just a reaction, Rolandir looks at Imin, and he just stabs it in and gives it a quick slice just to see what happens. You make the slash, and a burst of this foul-smelling blood comes out, and then it stitches back together within the blink of an eye. And what of the shard that you absorbed? Fragment of my mind and consciousness that has been locked away for so long, keeping me from having this very conversation. For without it, I could never plot my escape. And are there other pieces, parts to the whole? No. That was the only one missing. That kept me shackled as I was. Well, there you have it. You're free to go now. You do not understand. I cannot leave the heart. So, what you're saying is we need to get this pure essence of fire somehow past the walls of this heart, whose detonation would then successfully free you, but it's currently impossible due to the fact that neither we nor you can penetrate the walls long enough to slip it inside. At least the heart itself. I can speak nothing of these many pathways that lead to and fro. Uh, we could dimension door. Ah, uh, mm-mm. Yes, we could. I suspect that there's some sort of barrier that might prevent that as well, but I'm open to try. As well-intentioned as you may be, I cannot help but feel upon what you call essence. Ah, I see. So you're the one that feeds on essence. Yeah. It is why I was punished as such. Are you advising against this, then? I advise nothing. But I would simply say that you may find your abilities severely diminished. Ugh. And Rolandir kind of rubs his temples. Well, if what he says is true, he only speaks from his experience with the heart. Who knows what we might find through these halls. Potentially we could get it into a different system. If we suppose this mountain to be the body, then surely there's something else that could lead one of our explosives into the heart. And what of this? Perhaps we could use the tubes to transport the explosives into the heart, right? That's the only thing that's feeding in, just like a normal heart. What of that? I suppose it's worth a shot, although I don't know. Actually, and he turns back to the man trapped in the heart, you say you control these, Keep them at bay, he says, pointing to the sloshing liquids. I do. Well, perhaps, in the spirit of us helping each other, 
you can keep this at bay from us as well, as we journey through these halls, looking for a way to free you. Many have tried. You will not succeed, for they did not. Well, not with an attitude like that, you won't. So, turning back to the group. Well, I think it's clear we can't do anything necessarily from here, directly. He says he feeds on essence, and I'd rather not figure out what that means. But I do believe that means we should avoid doing anything magical. So, that leaves us with many options of where to go. Is there any way to, like, look at the ceiling and see sort of generally where these heart tubes connect and head in a direction? The arteries themselves extend up into the darkness, so they are separate from the many uh, supporting structures that branch off and attach to the walls and such. Okay, but there's not like, we could, is there any way to like follow them through a particular passageway? No, no, the arteries that go directly into the heart extend way, way up. Yeah, they don't go off into different hallways. Here's a proposal. Now, all of you know I am quite good at acrobatics. If you don't know, now you know. But here's my proposal. These tubes, one of us can shimmy up it, slice through it, and of course, the we can see which direction the blood is going. So it's, if it's going into the heart, we choose one, to, one of those tubes, put the bomb in, it'll go straight into the heart, and kaboom! That is not a bad idea. It could work. However, there is but... One small problem. Take a look at these devices. You see, I believe that the way to activate this bomb is you have to pull this mechanism out. And you see him, he grabs like a a little latch on the bomb and he like pulls it out a little bit, right? He's like, it is now active. And then he pushes it back down and it is now not active. And in that time that he pulled it out, you did see the fire inside start to roil and expand and grow brighter. And as he pushed it back in, it stopped. Here is the problem. You see, this heart is filled with fluid. Efron puts his hand on the membrane. He says, as I push onto it, it pushes back. There is pressure inside. Unfortunately, that pressure could cause the activated bomb to deactivate. It would push the mechanism back down into itself. Can we not remove it entirely? Well, if we were to remove it entirely, the bomb would simply detonate in our hands and it would not have time to reach the heart. All right. Well, is there blood going out of the heart? We could drain or attempt to drain the heart and then put the bomb within. What the Demlik says is impossible. You cannot stop the flow. It is oppressive, infinite. So how did you enter? It was created around me. Perhaps there is a way, but I would have to put my pack down, and I would require a knife, preferably not Eamon, in the event that it somehow gets lost to the heart. Hmm, Actually, I think I might have one in here. And he rummages through his pack and he pulls out another knife that he has. Just a plain knife. All right, so you have this knife. What then? We do something similar to what the mix suggested. Yes, I believe it might work. Let me show you. Uh, here, but first, and Efron takes the, the stack of papers with all of his weird visions and stuff 
and he hands them to whoever is closest. Rolandir, I guess. And he hands them to Rolandir, and he says, I would not want them to get wet. Rolandir takes them. Wait. Uh, are you doing what I think you're doing? <laughs> there is no need to worry. I will be right back. And he grabs the knife in one hand and the bomb in the other, and he runs straight towards the heart using his monk-like powers. He goes and he runs up to one of the arteries and he slices it open, a big old gash, and he hops on inside and he pulls the mechanism and he holds it open and he can feel the heat of it as he swims straight towards the aspect floating in the middle. Wait, so that worked? He was able to slice into it? On the artery, long enough, yeah. <sighs> I, real quick, Efron, I need you to do a constitution saving throw to resist the forces that are pushing against you within here. Both pressure and corrosion and everything that's trying to basically destroy you and this invading mechanism. I got a 19. That will pass. Thou... <laughs> I, Laurel, knows that this is a bad decision. Thou... No, don't tell me. Don't tell me. This is what he would do, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with that. Um, is going to try to cast Dimension Door to Dimension Door himself into the heart to grab Efron and Dimension Door back out, but he is aware of the fact that this thing needs to detonate, so he will wait for as many seconds as he needs to to make that happen. Efron is slowly floating within the chambers of the heart, closer and closer to the aspect, as the light from this device grows brighter and brighter. Was Val able to disappear? Val, as you t cast a mention door, the aspect begins to glow with an just blinding amber light as you take... 35 damage, and it regains 35 health. Ouch. That's a minor wound for me. Alright, you will be weakened, therefore your speed is halved. Brynir is going to pick up Val and run. Val is fighting against you, but I will allow you to take him. Like, he is kicking and screaming, no, 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 but you can absolutely carry him out. Rolandir's close in tow. He's right behind. Follow. Okay, Mick is gonna run the heck out of there towards the stairs, so... Is there anything that Val can do for Efron? And I will say, Val, even before you cast the spell, you felt this pull, this drain, this conduit between you and the aspect, and you almost knew that was going to happen. And then, in the next second, the heart is filled with fire, and you see the inside of it implode and then burst out destroying this membranous sack, rippling through these supports and arteries as it all bursts open and comes crashing down into the chamber as this well of fluid beneath it starts to rise and the doorways that are flooded begin to just spurt their contents into this enormous chamber cascading down the stairs and Val, you no longer feel this pull as the aspect is incinerated in an instant. So as this tidal wave of fluid and nastiness just gets let loose after this, Rolandier looks around and goes to try to rally Mick. 
and bring him up to the rest of the group. And as we're congregated there, Rolandier looks at Val. We need to get out of here. We need to do it one more time. I know it caused all sorts of chaos last time, but we need to teleport back to the monastery now. And he's going to attempt to do a intent teleport with Val if he's in the mood to help. Um, Val will help, but he is in absolute shock. So, Laura, I'll just roll a d20. Okay. Brett, do the intent roll, and you can add Val's d20 to your range. So, I, I got a 26. I rolled a 6, but it's a 21. Nice. So, that's 47. So, my d100 is... 62. As these waves of bile and blood crash down on the stairs, the heart spurting fluid, its ventricles and arteries just exploded, flopping down from the unseen ceiling to smash into it. Rolandier and Val take Brynir and Mick, and then in the next instant before being consumed by this flood, they disappear. Opening his eyes, which were very tightly shut, Rolandier blinks a few times, adjusting to the light, as a building is revealed in front of him, and snow underneath his feet, and he realizes they're not at the monastery, but at the inn. And ignoring that fact, just finally processing that they're safe, he collapses down to his knees, and the papers that Afron had shoved in his hand scattering to the ground. Rolander quickly takes a look over at Val to see how he's doing. Um, well, <laughs> Val collapses absolutely all the way to the ground and just curls up into the fetal position and weeps. And looking at these scattered remains of Afron's notes, one particular paper lies on top drawing his attention to it, and he starts reading. My friends, it would appear that our time together has come to an end. I am sorry to have misled you, but there was one other vision that I had, and I knew that this moment would come. The road ahead will be difficult, but I am confident in your abilities to overcome any challenges placed before you. As you travel, be sure to stop and to feel the sun's golden rays upon your skin and breathe in the sweet wind from the mountains. Take time to pause and to be grateful that you are alive. To preserve these small things, that is the true purpose of our mission. The work we do is an important one, and it must go on. I have done what little I can to aid you, but now I leave the rest in your hands. At times in our lives, we are asked to make sacrifices. I have been called upon to lay down my life, and I will gladly do this for my friends. Do not weep for me. I go now to gaze upon the golden fields of Imera once more, and to sit in the grand halls of my forefathers. Fate truly has smiled upon me greatly, and now I return to my home. I am glad to have called you, my friends.